Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all of those who are confused about their gender pronouns. My name is Jake Kerr. I'd like to welcome you to the Black Ink Podcast. Today is episode number 71, and for me, right now, as it stands, it's Friday fucking morning. I've gone past all of my targets this week. I've had some really big wins. I've had a couple losses, but all in all, I've had a pretty good time. But what I want to talk about today is something that I think it always is kind of occurring in the back of my mind and the back of everybody else's mind, because in a fundamental way, it's kind of part of who we are as humans. And the topic that I'm kind of, I guess the best way to encapsulate what I'm talking about is kind of like love and relationships, you know? So as you may or may not know, I spend a lot of time on Instagram and I try to promote myself as much as possible on social media. And what this means is I actually end up just spending a lot of man hours inside of the app Uh, going through people's profiles and trying to engage with real people, you know, not other businesses or not like bot accounts or whatever. I try and find real people and I try and engage with them to build that relationship between them and my business. And one of the more interesting things that you get from this is you get this really kind of like, uh, you get a really unique slice of society. You get this kind of, uh, it's almost like watching Home and Away. You're like watching things progress in a way that is like polished for the internet. So let me kind of explain what I'm saying. You know how in Home and Away, they act out these situations that do happen in real life. You know, people have relationships, bad things happen to people, good things happen to people, people get married, people move, people join the scene, whatever it might be. But the reality of Home and Away is it's not really representative of real life because we all know that we don't look like that all the time and we don't really like act like that all the time. It's one of those things where someone sometimes you watch Home and Away and the reason why it's kind of cringy to watch is because you know that they're acting and it's not that it's bad acting it's just that it's such a baseline of acting because they're trying to propel their way through so many storylines so quickly because obviously I mean uh, this is one of those mathematical equations I never quite understood with Home and Away like do they make an episode every day because an episode gets watched every day and they never repeats right? Well, I don't know if they're repeats. I'm not a home and away fucking aficionado. But what I do know is, is that every day you have a new story that's carrying on from yesterday's story and is going to tie into tomorrow's story. And it's moving just a little bit further along. And I think that, as I said, it's not necessarily bad acting. What it is, it's it's the level of acting that you would expect from a show that produces a show every day that's half an hour long and highly produced. And the thing about Instagram is, is There's no requirement to post every day. There isn't even a requirement to post every week. We kind of get the choice to, if we're even going to post at all. And if you are going to post regularly or in in some sort of routine, then you pick the routine. So the cool thing about that is you can have a week to perfect a photo, or you can have a week to try and capture that photo that you're going to collect. And obviously, that's not the way it happens. We go out and we just live our life normally, and we get photos and videos here and there. And if we come across a good one, then typically we post it. So this idea that how I'm like interacting or how I'm interfacing with people's lives is this kind of polished version of what's going on that they are electing for me to see. Now, this isn't new information, but the cool thing about this is I've been engaging with people every day for about, you know, when I say engaging with people, I mean engaging with my audience and potential audience to trying to find the next customer or the next person who might want to be involved in Black Ink. I've been doing this for like just about a year now. And the interesting part is, I mean, there's some people that, you know, I only found a year ago. There's some people that have been following Black Ink for about eight years now. And I'm in a way been kind of socially interacting with them as well, because I'm not just looking for the new customers. I'm also, you know, showing love to the customers who have already purchased and all the rest. I know it sounds very black and white, me calling people customers, but you know, stop fucking jerking yourself off. That's what this is about. I'm in business to make money. Okay. So 
with these people that I'm experiencing, some of, them, some of them I've only known, some of them I interacted with for the first time today, this morning, and some of them I've known for a few months, some of them I've known for a few years, and everything in between. And the cool thing about it is, is I'm watching their home and away version of their life. Of course, I don't know the little things that are going, that are happening in their life. I don't know the conversations that they're having with, the, with their friends and their partners and this and that. But the one thing that people do love to talk about is their love life. They love to show you what's going on. They love to show you the new exciting thing that they've found and, th- and that they're fucking, you know, like, look at this, look what we do together. Look how fun our life is. Look at this person. Like, look at his abs. Look at her tits. You know, this is what we love to do. And the funny part about it is that we live in an age with Instagram, which is pretty much, I'm not going to say the catalyst, but it falls into the category of catalysts that are ruining relationships. Okay. So I've talked about this before on the podcast. Let's just rehash it so everyone's fucking up to date, up to where my mind sits, okay? I believe that Instagram is one of the dirtiest things you can bring into your relationship or you can have existing in the background of your relationship because unfortunately, it is no nothing more than a catalog, okay? And I know, I know you can say, oh yeah, but you know, I don't follow such and such and rah, 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 and all the rest. Dude, it doesn't fucking matter what you think you follow and what, what, what sort of control you think you have over your home feed or your search page. Instagram is trying to get your attention and regardless of how you feel about it, you're a sexual animal and Instagram knows this and Instagram with its fucking vast uh, algorithms and learning and AI knows that if you're a heterosexual male that you might not respond to the first female in a bikini, but after a certain amount of time, you're going to respond. And then you're going to stay there for a little bit. Shit, you might not even like or comment, but you're going to stay there for just a minute. And it's not important what's going on to you. What's important to Instagram is that they have your attention and they keep you there. So they go titties, titties, four-wheel drive, motorbike, titties, titties, four-wheel drive. They're keeping you there. You're on the hook. They're reeling you in, you know? And the thing about this is, is even if you're not engaging with it, even if you're not liking it, if you're letting this picture come into your mind, it's in your mind. And your mind has so much bandwidth, it has so much memory, it has so much reference points in it, that all you need to do is give it a flash of that. And all of a sudden, you've got it. You've got it. Even if it's just subconsciously right at the back, it's there. So then the next time you go and look at your partner, whether you think you're looking at them any different or not, I believe that given how much variety and how many faces and pairs of tits you've seen, you're looking at your partner a little bit differently, right? And I think that in that, We like to think to ourselves, and also, man, you want to add fucking fire to this? Imagine that pair of tits likes your photo, and all of a sudden, you're on their account. I mean, what is a like? At this point, it's not just saying like, oh, yeah, I like that you're on holiday, or I like that you bought a new car or something. This is like, I like the way you look. Mm Mm-hmm. The first fucking sentence in a conversation that leads to someone getting pregnant. You understand? So... When that person likes your photo, then all of a sudden, you've got some sort of digital connection to that person. So now, you start to think like, oh, I've got my significant other, and I've got this one option if something happens. But the reality is, it's never just one option. You've got 100 options. You've got 150 options. You know every single fucking person of the opposite gender that lives in your town or city and is ready to fuck, right? And that is how Instagram is part of the category of things that are ruining relationships, okay? But going back to what I was talking about before, the thing about Instagram is that people are showing this days of our lives, home and away version of things that are going on in their life. Oh, I've got this new motorbike. I've got this. I've got this new girlfriend. I just bought a house. I fucking bought this watch. You know, here's all my possessions. Here's my experiences. Here's what I'm doing. I'm, here's my fucking favorite quote. Here's my bio. And with that, 
I get to follow along with all the trials and tribulations of people figuring out love. And regardless of how nice we make it look on Instagram, I think one of the brutal realities of being a human is that you're going to have your heart broken and you're going to fall in love and you're going to like let yourself be vulnerable and you're going to let yourself make silly decisions based off all these feelings. And the hard part about it is, is at the same time, we're all trying to impress each other with these social media platforms. Now, I think, I think when it comes to like how people present themselves and how people take it on board and how they, you know, so, I mean, we, we all know what it's like when you see that one person who posts like 15 photos in three days. Now they're all of a sudden dating this person and all of the photos of those two hanging out and kissing and doing this. And you're just like, really? Like, really? I know this is new and exciting for you, but for me, this looks like spam. It looks like shit. I'm not interested in it. You know, I didn't really start following you to see what you were going to start fucking. I just followed you because, you know, you're you. So the funny thing about this is it gets to a certain point where, well, not for everyone, but you know, a lot of people that I follow, and I'm, I'm, this isn't about anyone in particular, this is just an observation that I've made. Uh, a lot of people that I follow, they fall in and out of love, you know, and that's part of it. That's part of the thing of being human. This idea that we post on social media is a new concept. It's something that we've all, it's like an, an idea that we all agree with. We've all adapted around this thing that exists, and now we use it as this platform to tell each other what we're doing, right? And in that, we have the stuff that happens to us in, in human life. You know, you might, you have your first love in kindergarten or you have your first love in high school or something, then obviously that never works. Or for the fucking 1%, those two end up just not fucking anyone else for the rest of their lives and think that they're like married their high school sweetheart. No, no, no. You're just really scared of real life. That's what that is, sweetie. Hey, it's all good. It's all good. But that's what that is, right? So... Then you go out of there, you have your like your your relationships in your twenties and all the rest, and that's when you try and that's when you're starting to figure out who you are as a person. That's when you try and like get a grasp on where you're headed, what you like, what you don't like, what you like in a partner, what you don't like in a partner. You're starting to like really almost experiment with yourself. And I feel like this is a time that you should be doing dating and breaking up. Breaking up is such an essential part of this, right? So this is the thing. If you can handle losses, you can handle a breakup because all a breakup is is a loss with heartbreak added into it, right? So with the idea that you want to find love, you want to let yourself be head over heels in love, you want to let yourself be, be in that honeymoon stage where nothing else matters and you've got this eternal love and, and you don't care what anyone says and you're so into this thing. And then as much as that's important, when it comes to a close, it needs to come to a close. You don't need to drag it out. You don't need to still be friends. You don't need to rah, rah, rah. And that's the thing, like having that conversation with someone being like, you know what? We fucking tried and it didn't work. And we're richer for the experience because now we're not going to grow old wondering what would happen if I had have asked that girl or asked that guy or told them how I feel, right? But the idea that like, I think the reality is most people in today's day and age don't have real integrity. They don't have real fiber when it comes to those moments. When they start to realize that they're falling out of love or they start to realize that the relationship isn't what they thought it was, instead of elaborating this with their partner and finding that like, sometimes that conversation can be the catalyst to the new beautiful thing between you saying, hey, the spark's not here anymore. Have you noticed that as well? You have, what can we do? Do you want to try anal? Do you want to see what, what happens then? You know, but I think what actually happens is people just grow comfortable of being uncomfortable. I think I'm, I think I'm actually like, how would I explain this? I think there are people in my friend group that are in a dysfunctional relationship 
and have grown comfortable with the with the dysfunction. They're like that is now a part of their life so much so that it's not that they can't imagine living without that person. It's actually they can't feasibly imagine what life would be like without these common problems that they have all the time. They get to a point where it's just like, oh, you know, yeah, we argue and we do this and we do that and we make up and we have sex, but we love each other. You know, that's what, it doesn't matter. You know, all, all good relationships argue every now and then. Like, dude, Riz and I have had like three arguments in the three years we've known each other. You know what I mean? Like gelling with someone also isn't against the rules. And unfortunately humans are just a product of their environment if you're around and like this is the problem with like there's so many fucking broken families now the problem is is the kids growing up from those broken families are just a product of their environment and they're looking to rebuild what they grew up with i mean the odd person is going to try and go against what they grew up with you know one of those things where like oh someone says oh my dad's an alcoholic so i don't drink most of the time when your dad's an alcoholic you turn to be an alcoholic because you that's what you know you've seen it you recreate what you see and the rough part about, you know, being in a relationship, regardless of what sort of relationship your parents had, if you're in something that's been dysfunctional for six months, but you're both making it work within the dysfunction, then typically that's just a relationship that is going to operate in dysfunction until someone gets to breaking point and just has to bust out of it, you know? And I think it's just funny. Like, it's not funny. It's just an interesting point of view that I have because obviously I'm a lot more invested in people's kind of timelines and their stories because I want to make myself contextual to their story. That's what I'm doing with my business. I'm adding value into their life, even if it's just a comment every now and then, like, oh my God, you're going to become an uncle. Oh, you just got this new car. Like, oh, you just got this new bike. You should come riding with us. Oh, you're fucking going to this event. You should wear a black ink tee whatever it might be, I'm trying to be contextual in their lives. So I'm getting this day by day or sometimes like month by month update with how their relationships are going. And you see their stories and you see their tag posts and you see them sharing other shit and blah, blah, And it's funny that I feel people celebrate when they get into a relationship. The fact that changing your relationship status on Facebook from single to in a relationship with XYZ says something. Like the fact that like, I used to fucking date this absolutely crazy, like whatever. And it was so imperative to her that we were in a relationship on Facebook. I didn't understand what it was, but I did know that it was, it was a thing for some people that they had to see their name in your fucking thing saying, is there in a relationship? Because that meant something. It's almost as valuable as what an NFT is now, right? That literally, that is representative of what an NFT is, by the way. Anyway, the idea is that you have this celebration this like it's almost like an engagement party where you're bringing all your friends around to tell them like hey man such and such got engaged aren't you excited about it let's have cake and all the rest whereas the modern version of that is posting up a picture with someone tagging them in it and obviously being romantically involved with them having your arm around them or them like cut you know like half like look at this person that i'm into or like look look how well we're dressed together like we're obviously a couple or like out at dinner or whatever it's like that first post is like a celebration a lot of time you find a lot of times you find that that post will do really well when you change that status on facebook it gets heaps of engagement and attention and that's because it's this bringing together of two things on the social platform or kind of like the the you know very very basic metaverse that we have at the moment which is these platforms where we all interact on and we don't have a celebration for when they break up. In fact, people just go silent. People just delete all the photos that they have with that person and don't fucking say anything. It blows my mind that there isn't like a, hey, just so you know, like we're going separate ways, rah, 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 all the rest. Oh, dude, that's funny actually, because 
that fucking crazy bitch I was talking about, I literally so crazy had to just walk out one day, block her on everything, like just fucking what? And then she went and put up a story saying like, oh, like just, just want to say thanks for all the good times that I had with Jake and blah, blah, blah. like fucking honesty, bang, 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 crystal ear joke, you know, reload, fucking six more bullets, bang, 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 you know. And if you're watching this, hey, bang, 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 all good. So I find the fact that we don't celebrate these breakups interesting because for me in business and like, I'm sorry if you're sick of me talking about my strategy in business and all these internal workings, what black ink is, but I get so much more excited about the things that don't work than the things that do because the things that do work don't propagate any fucking interest or, or potential for opportunity in the next thing. When things don't work within my business, I go, well, we can cross that the fuck off the list. We can take all the elements of that that did work. We can hold on to them. We can take all the elements that didn't work and we can learn from them. And now we can go with a new plan. It's fucking exciting, right? And the thing that I find like, there's something so dirty wrapped up in the whole like, there's like a guilty pleasure wrapped behind the emotions that we feel when we're in relationships and when we're outside of them and inside of them and exiting them and finding ourselves and all the rest that I feel like we don't really like, you know, those conversations you have with your best friend when you're like just meeting someone or you just fucking got in a relationship where you just started sleeping with them. And similarly, when you're on the fucking eggshells and it's starting not to work or you've just broken up or you're in that first week of just being broken up. I find it really interesting how they, you seem to be talking about things with your best friend in those times that are always like, you feel like you shouldn't be talking about them. You're embarrassed to say that you're excited to go and sleep with someone else or you're almost like you feel devious that you want to go and like, what, what, do, what do you call it? Rebound with someone else. But it's like a human thing that we all feel so much so that we have a nickname for the action, rebounding, finding someone else to go and sleep with after you've been sleeping with the same person for so long and obviously build up some sort of negative space or like uh, a, a household that doesn't work or whatever you want to call it, a family life that doesn't gel with both of you. So I always wonder like, I would, and, and like this, it's not like I'm, I'm saying that I do anything differently or I have done things differently in the past. I've done exactly this. In fact, all of the things that I tease about other people and all of the things that I don't like in the world are purely just reflections of myself that I don't like or things that I used to do in the past and have grown out of. So don't think that I'm better than anyone by saying all of this, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, it's purely just an observational kind of thing that I've got going on. But I would think that would it would be as normal to have a celebratory post with the someone that you just started sleeping with. It would be as normal to have a celebratory post with like, dude, me and this person tried it out. It, it did work for this, this, and this reason, but unfortunately it didn't work for this, this, and this reason. And this person's a fucking awesome person. We're not going to be friends or anything, but this is just, it is what it is. Instead, people have to do the fucking mathematics where they're just like, hang on, I thought this person was dating such and such. You go through, you go, they had a photo here with that person. I swear, you go into the tag post and you're like, shit, they've removed all their tags on such and such as, shit, they might be single, you know? It's just, it's an interesting thing. You know, I was talking to my friend yesterday and he, uh, he lives in Dubai. He's a Dutch guy and he lives in Dubai and we were talking about females and I said like, bro, I'm the fucking luckiest dude in the world. You know what I mean? Like my chick supports me to the fucking nth degree. She, you know, like we are on the same team, which is a massive, massive part of being a relationship. Even when we're, we are having a, a disagreement about something, whether it's whatever it might be, we're always on the same team. That's so essential to isolate the fact that, hey, above all else, when push comes to shove, it's you and me versus the rest of the world. It's not you versus me or me versus you. 
And he said, yeah, but you know, finding that, it's just like, it's one of those things where like everyone's so fake and we live in a world where there's less and less people with integrity and you know, like I just don't really know how to navigate the, these sort of times given that like what I'm searching for seems to just be pulling up a blank every time. And part of the advice that I gave him was like, dude, one thing that like I got it from a Frank Ocean song and it's something that I've thought about at fucking nauseam and I've got so much from actually is A, you want someone on the same team as you and B, you want someone that grew up on the same advice, right? You want someone that grew up on the same advice, right? So what this means is, say you're a guy and you're out there and you're looking for a, for a chick and you want, and like, obviously this is the thing, like it sounds silly saying it out loud, but let's break it down, right? So you're a guy and you want to find a chick. Why do you want to find a chick? We want someone to experience things with. You want someone that you can build stories with. You want someone you can build rapport with. You want someone you can love and have love you. You want someone maybe you can have children with one day. You can have a family. You want someone that you can experience life together with, Right? Now, we're going to take out of the equation that like all the fucking Instagram choices and Tinder and you know, one night stands and blah, blah, blah. Take all that bullshit out of the question. Let's just live in this picture perfect world. And when I think about that person, like when I think about all the categories, all those like elements that we're going to try to be like, I want to have a kid with this person. I want to have experience with this person. I want to have a, a life with this person. I want to share a house with this person. I want to fall in love. Now, usually... When you start to build this person in your mind, you start to build aesthetically. You go like, oh yeah, blonde, big tits, fat pussy, you know how it goes. But in reality, what you actually need is someone who was built the same in their head. So when you were growing up as a little boy and your dad was telling you, here's how you be a man. And your mom was telling you, here's how you treat women. You want a girl who when she was a little girl, her mom told her, this is what you expect out of men. And her dad told her, this is how you be a woman. I guess that doesn't really, you know what I did there? I crossed over the advice, but it didn't. Anyway, you want someone who grew up on that same advice, who has the same outlook on what they're looking for in a person, what they're looking for in the world, what they're looking for in their life, and what they're looking for as far as fulfillment goes. You want someone, it's, it sounds silly when you say it out loud, but you want someone who has the same hobbies as you. You want someone who wakes up as a, at the same time as you. You want someone who drinks the same amount of alcohol as you. You want someone who kind of matches you to a point. Like they have all this bullshit about opposites attract, but realistically, you want someone you can agree with. Because when it comes down to it, agreement is what it all is. When you start having these dysfunctional parts of your relationship and all that, it's because you're not agreeing on things. It's because you have different software that you're trying to operate within the same fucking hardware. You're trying, you've got two competing programs. You want two people that have the same program. So when someone says something, the other person understands what they're saying and responds in the same language. Seems to be that a lot of people are out there and they're trying to fulfill their aesthetic goal of what they want in the opposite sex or this, you know, sexual partner, whether they might be heterosexual or homosexual doesn't bother me. Everyone does their own thing. This is a fucking... This is a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a simulation, so it really doesn't matter anyway. But more people are searching for that aesthetic goal rather than searching for that software goal. And for me, it seems barbaric. You know what I mean? Like, I think even I fell into this trap so many times where it's like, oh, you know, she's... And by the way, this kind of sounds like I'm saying that my beautiful partner, Larissa, isn't absolutely stunning, which she is. I lucked out. I got aesthetic and the software, but I'm just the fucking luckiest guy in the world. So I'm sorry that you're not me. But I feel like in the past, I've definitely let my eyes make decisions where my mind should have been. Because a lot of times in hindsight, 
I think we can all say this in one way or another, you realize that you were blind to the red flags, even though they were so present and evident, you were blind to them because you were stricken by some sort of idea that the future could work even though that was the case. So when I take this, when I take this idea that like, how do I even say it? I think one thing to like really highlight with, with like my friend who lives in Dubai is even though you haven't found someone who, someone who runs on the same software, it doesn't mean that they're not out there. And even though there is, there seems to be this seemingly fucking collection of people that you might want to spend your life with and all of them fall into this category of not having the same software, that doesn't mean that they're not out there. That just means that the pool that you've created in your mind or that the experiences you've had have led you to this belief. It just means that you've got to change your tactics. And he goes, yeah, yeah, but you know, it's, it's all this effort and you know, I'm just, you know, I keep falling short and it wastes time and it does all this. I think it's really important to remember that your one sole job as a male, it's one, your one sole job as a human is to find that person. It's not to own the car. It's not to get the job or to have the money. Trust me, it's to find that person. If you said to me, like, you have everything you have, Black Ink, the Harley, the fucking this, rather that, or Larissa, I don't even think it's Larissa every time. I'm, I'm happy and comfortable with Larissa. Everything that I do over here, in a way, is only to impress her so I can keep her around longer. It's like, it's so obvious to me that, like, and I think this is one of those things that you, it only becomes obvious when you have this experience. Like, for the first time in my whole fucking life, I'm excited about Christmas. I was excited to buy a Christmas tree. I was excited to put it up. I'm excited to put presents underneath it. Why? Because for the first time in my life, I feel like I need to start setting the habit towards what I'm going to do with my family later on because for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm going to have one. I feel like one day, a little version of me is going to look up at me and be thankful that I started putting in the effort at 29 because something within Larissa gives me that confidence, something in that same software that we have. And I think the really interesting part about this is, is that something similar that Larissa and I have in our software is we didn't believe in this when we started. We didn't believe that there was any such thing as a working relationship, that there was a such thing as where a male and a female in today's day and age can get along so well and not have these outside distractions and not be pulled and torn from each other in these weird kind of digital ways. And we built everything on that. And then over time, we proved to each other that we were both wrong. And within that, now we can build this confidence, understanding like, okay, mate, what, what, what if we did want a family? What if we did want a kid? Okay, what if one day we did want to have a house for that kid? What, what does that kind of look like? And now all of a sudden we're having these conversations like, well, would we put our kid in private school or public school? It would, would you rather have a boy or a girl? I'm not saying we have a choice, but you have these discussions. What do you think the names would be? What, how much time do you think you would want to spend off work? Would you want to have a job at all? Would you want to be at stay at home up? What's, and like all of a sudden I'm having these conversations in such an honest way. I'm interested in the answer because all of a sudden it's become interesting to me. And it's become interesting to me because I've had the experience of actually being enamored with a person, by a person, that I understand where the desire comes from to keep the human race alive. Because it's one of those things, logistically looking at all of this from far away, you can see that pretty much all humans do is we keep the race going, we get more efficient, and we keep building and getting better. The first thing there, though, is keeping the race alive. It comes down to procreation. It comes down to you need to find a partner as soon as you can, procreate with that person, and build enough of a family and a life around it that you can protect that child so therefore it can go forward and do the same thing, which is just 
keeping the species alive. And at the same time, we get more efficient, we build things around us, that's why we have technology, blah, blah, blah. But it's through the experience of actually having my own ideas about all this just being a, a, a floozy, having enough experience that teaches me directly like that isn't the case, that you can be in love and that you can have these like, what seems to be unrealistic expectations of the future and start working towards them and actually gain them and get them, that it becomes obvious like, oh, your whole job is to find your significant other. It's to find someone that has those same feelings, that has those same emotions, that same software, and then build your own program together, which then somehow drops a little child out the bottom of it. But it's just interesting when I look at these Instagram profiles and I, I watch people, and it's funny when sometimes you watch two people that you know find each other, form a relationship and know from the outside point of view, like I don't even know you two that well, but I know that you're not brought up on the same advice. Sometimes you can actually see it. You're like, oh, he's only interested in her because of, or you know, vice versa. This is such an interesting topic and it's something that I think will continue to really... Um, well, I don't know. I don't know. I think as we head further into the future, one thing's for sure is that relationships are going to change. The fact is relationships have changed so much in the past 10, 15 years that you, can, you, you can't deny that the landscape of how people meet each other and how they stay connected has completely shifted from meeting someone at the pub on a Friday night, getting their home number, calling the home number and hoping that their parents don't answer the phone and talking to them on the phone for hours at a time and organizing another date. Now it's just turned into swiping right on someone and fucking them in half an hour's time, which, I mean, regardless of if it's good or bad, definitely demonstrates that the landscape that we do date, meet each other and stay connected has completely changed. So therefore, I think in the future, we're only going to see more and more change and the change is only going to come more exponentially. But we'll let the future fucking worry about that, eh? Now, one exciting thing is, you may or may not have seen it. I ended up on bloody chilling its live feed again yesterday. We smoked a billy together. It was awesome. He was giving away a skate deck, which he does. I think he got 10 of these skate decks. And uh, it was funny because the first two he was giving away, I'm not sure if I've told this story on the podcast. I'll tell you anyway. The first two he was giving away, I have told it. Yeah, I'll tell it again. The first two he was giving away, He's on his live feed and he's super stoned. He's like, I'm giving away these first two boards, rah, rah, rah. If you want one, just go on my fucking, um, go and stream my song, send me a screenshot in the DM, then comment my latest post. So I was like, I was already listening to the song he had released that day. It was Cashed Out Stoner. So I've gone onto YouTube, screenshot it, sent him a DM, gone into his post and been like, bro, just fucking sent you a DM. And like straight away he messaged back, fuck it, you won. Now that was about a month ago, three week, three and a half weeks ago. I heard like, fucking nothing, nothing at all. And it was only... Dude, it was over a month ago because it must have been about two weeks ago his management reached out to me after ages and said, oh, hey, like you won the board, just let us know what your address and shit is, rah, rah, rah. And anyway, apparently it's been sent. I haven't received it. I may, maybe I did because I got it sent to dad's place and I haven't fucking been out there lately. But so we, um, so I jump on his live feed because I see he's giving away the last skate deck. So I've put on the live feed like, dude, I won the first skate deck and then requested to join his video. And he's like talking about it. He goes, oh, Black Ink was the one who won the first skate deck. Let's get him on. So he's got him on. And as it turns out, I didn't have my T-shirt on. I was putting my T-shirt on. He's like, bro, fucking show off your tattoos. I was like, all right, fucking did the spin. I was literally sitting here as well. I had my phone set up just here. And yeah, anyway, I had a bit of a chat backwards and forwards. As it turns out, his management followed me, which is fucking awesome. And then ended up just uh, ripping a fat one with him, which absolutely awesome. It's a third time I've smoked to Billy with Chillin' on his live feed. I feel like... I feel like he sees my name and he's just like, oh, it's not just some random name. And I have like a logo for my um, profile picture. So he like adds me because of the stees. But who fucking knows? Oh, oh, oh. 
On that note, though, on that note, I know you're not going to see the correlation here, but this is super fucking exciting. I um, recently I've been sitting down with a couple local business owners of a, I wouldn't say new business. They've been around for a hot minute, but they're fucking. It's a business that absolutely everyone knows about in Bunbury, and it's something that you've probably been to at least once in the past month or so. Um, we're going to be working together to produce a line of merch, and then later on some really cool, unique um, garments. They're going to be really specific to this place and this space. So I'm super excited to fucking see what happens to them. I think, see, on that note, I've like just started to take on some outside work. So I'm working with my mate, uh, Braden Davies, who is from Prime uh, Strength and Conditioning. He's a PT. He's also one of the uh, owners of, oh, it's escaping me. It is escaping me. Hardwired Entertainment. Um, So I've just taken on a little uh, job with him, which is printing some shirts for him. And it's kind of got me in this space where I talk about printing shirts. I talk, talk about printing shirts for other people. And then literally you have that conversation around it. Dude, if I had that conversation with five people, four of them would want me to print shirts for them. It's crazy. Once you say you've got the equipment to do this thing, it seems to be everyone's just always ready and waiting to have something put on a shirt. So I must admit, I'm being a bit picky and choosy with the jobs that I want to take on because admittedly, I'm not charging what my skills are worth at this point, mainly because my skills aren't what they need to be yet. So... I mean, I can admit it, I'm using these as, you know, it's the first time I've printed someone else's stuff. I'm using these as a bit of a test run. I know that I can print really well. I know that the equipment that I use can do the job. I'm very confident that these, I'm 99% confident these are going to turn out exactly how they're meant to be. But at the same time, I don't want to charge the man an arm and a leg, get the job and then fuck it up. You know what I mean? So with that, because I'm taking on these jobs as I do, I'm at like in, in the in the fashion that I'm taking them on and that I'm not taking on anything I that might be a little bit overwhelming or it might be a big order or that kind of thing. I'm taking on these outside jobs and using them as their, as these little stepping stones I need to get to a point where I can take on any sort of job, you know. But let's not forget that I bought all this production gear to produce black ink garments. And at the end of the day, this extra money is supplementary money. It's not the bread and butter of my business. So I think it's important to definitely take on these jobs and treat them seriously. And obviously like, you know, as with as with a customer who buys a shirt off me, nothing is different with a business buying a batch of shirts off me. I still want a top quality product. I still want it sent out in a really good time. Like between first conversation, you receiving the, the product itself, uh, if you're ordering a bulk lot, I believe shouldn't take any longer than three weeks. And if it does, then it's kind of like you, you start to lose your erection over it. You don't, you know, you're not as excited about it. You've had to pay for it now. You're waiting, you're waiting. It's excuse, excuse. So it's like, obviously, take on these jobs, take them seriously, take the customer seriously and the job seriously, and also learn from them at the same time. Now, having these conversations where I'm taking other people's jobs led me to not being in front of this person, but kind of, um, yeah, I guess I was just talking about it with this person when I was talking to them. They said, well, why don't you do our stuff? And I was like, well, what are you thinking? And it was just one of those things where, well, we kind of like to do this, but in the long run, we want it to look like this, 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 and this, and this. So I pretty much gave it the same attention as if I was talking to someone saying, here's where I see black ink ink in five years' time, reverse engineered the whole thing and said, right, well, if you want to achieve this at that time, let's get a strong foundation of this, this, and this. Let's add this and this at this stage, and let's work towards that great outer goal that you've got. And that conversation turned into another like, you know, two, three, four hours of chatting and other conversations. And now I'm just at the point where I've built a really rough draft of the plan, how we're going to execute this. And I'm going to say like first week of January, we're probably going to be hitting this like a fucking bull in a china shop. And 
The coolest part about it is, is the way it looks right now, it's all gonna be run through my website. Every garment is gonna have a black ink tag on the inside. So essentially, black ink is gonna turn into some sort of garment manufacturing uh, house or studio for this local business, and who knows? Who knows what that's gonna turn into? Because let's say that they do it, and then someone else comes along and says, hey, how come they have such cool merch? Where are they getting all their shit from? Oh, that's that local guy, Jake, and you know the rest of the story. So again, we meet a crossroads with Black Ink where I'm not quite sure if I'm a t-shirt business, an NFT space, a podcast, a fucking review channel, or a garment manufacturer. Like it's just, uh, I think it's one of those things. And as I always say, none of these skills that I'm attaining are to become the master of that skill. It is to grow my set of skills so that I can continue to have different experiences. When I was selling fish finders 12 months ago, it wasn't because I love fishing or I love fish finders. It's because within that, I learned how to use Photoshop. I learned how to create content. I, I learned how to build Facebook marketing campaigns. I learned how to build websites. I know how to do all of this shit now. And then I go, hey, I've got a fucking clothing brand that people are hassling me to do shit with. Let's apply all of this to my clothing brand. All of a sudden, I apply all of that to my clothing brand. I get to a point where I'm selling so many shirts that it makes sense to own my own production gear. So then you get your own production gear, and then that turns into other people finding out you've got it and you're producing good gear. So they want you to produce their gear. So now where does that story lead to? Then I end up making all of the fucking you know, cool merch in town that isn't just you know plain, simple tees. People who want to create fun shit, you know, and like... I don't even want to give examples because if I do, I'll accidentally give away who it is, but we're branching away from t-shirts and we're going into fully customized garments. They are going to be exclusive limited batches and absolutely fucking killer. They're going to be stuff that like, you know how when like bands sometimes have merch that's so cool, you don't even realize it's the band's merch until you're like looking at it and you're like, oh, this is like a tour tee, right? That's the sort of vibe that I'm going for with these guys. And of course, that's the sort of vibe that I'm trying to go for with Black Ink. Because to differentiate myself from every other dickhead out there with a fucking t-shirt brand on Instagram, you have to have that point of difference. You have to have that value that is different to the next person. So, watch this space. Mm. Ah, yes. Nothing better than hearing a fucking four-stroke go past in Kerry Park. You're like, I wonder if that motorbike was stolen, you know? Not saying I live in a bad area. I'm just saying people who steal motorbikes tend to thrash the fuck out of them through Kerry Park for some reason. And, you know, all the power to them. I wish I had that confidence. I pull my Grom out on the road and try to do a wheelie. I feel like an absolute fuckhead. So, hey, it is what it is, okay? Talking about the Grom and motorbikes, though. This Sunday, we have church at 9 o'clock at our hidden location. Now, thinking about this, I might post this on Monday, but now I have to post it tomorrow. Otherwise, the fact that we have church this weekend and I'm advertising, it makes it completely non-contextual. But here's what we're doing. We have a secret location that we go to on Sunday mornings every now and then, and we practice our skills, wheelies, burnouts, donuts, motorbike riding in general. We always wear safety gear. We've got first aid trained people. We have a first aid kit on site. We take a trailer just in case your bike breaks down, and we invite everyone to come and join us because as much as we do do dangerous acts and all the rest that aren't illegal, and remember, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. I make it all up as I go along, so none of this is true, but continue with me now because on top of all of that, we just socialize. We just have a good time. We talk shit, you know, and it's like, I know it's, you go like, oh, that's very cool. But like, honestly, tell me a time that you socialize that isn't at work and alcohol isn't involved. 
dude, this is nine o'clock on Sunday morning, only for like an hour and a half. It's not like we stay out there for fucking ages. We, we literally leave as the sun starts to get hot and the flies start to get sticky. That's usually our rules. Like, ah, oh, the flies are out, we'll fucking go home. And whether we go back to homeboy's place and we chill out for a bit, or whether we just all go home and fucking enjoy our day, it depends on the moment. But it's really fun just to get out. And look, we've even got people bringing out their young bloke. One, a mate of mine brought out his young bloke the other day and he was just going up and down, just going through the gears, having fun. There's a little bit of a bush track he took. He went and had some fun for a bit. Honestly, any bike is welcome. Anyone is welcome. Even if you don't have a bike and you just want to come and hang out and see what it's all about, you're welcome to join. Please reach out to me for the address and I'll send it to you as soon as possible. But it's just fun, man. It's just one of those things where like I more look forward to it because obviously like I'm trying to learn how to wheelie. I bought a motorbike specifically learning how to wheelie. Um, it's fun to take that. I haven't taken the Harley out there to practice any burnouts or anything. But with that said, like that's next on the list. You know, now we've got a trailer that we can take out multiple bikes. Usually I take out the 50 and the Grom so that, you know, people can fuck around on the 50 if they want. Also, it's really fun to learn how to wheelie on the 50 because everything's controllable because it's so small. But yeah, now I've it's, it's hard to fucking justify putting a Harley on a trailer because of how difficult it is to load and unload. But with that said, it won't be long before I'll be taking the Harley out there to fucking practice some of these rolling burnouts once I've got through the first section. Of, you know, no one ever tells you that the touring tire is... If you get a touring tire, which is like just a different um, thread formation on the tire itself for your, for your car or your bike, it's going to be so much more difficult to do a burnout or a skid in it's just like so much more grippy for some reason the one thing i do know though is once you get that thing hot it's slippery as all fuck but the problem is it takes about a thousand kilometers before that sleek runs off the tire you actually have to like push it up against the wall and get rid of that first bit of the tire if you want it to be slippery so i don't know if that helps anyone if anyone's putting a touring tire on their motorbike anytime soon there's a bit of free advice for you but Anyway, besides that, that's all I've got to say. I hope you've had a beautiful time listening to me today and I'd like to thank you for joining me. Don't forget to check out all my other podcasts and don't forget episode number 57, A Fat Chick Threatens My Entire Family is my absolute favorite podcast that I've ever recorded. So if you're looking for a fresh one to go listen to, listen to that. Don't listen to any of the first five. They're absolutely terrible. I watch them back now and just like start pulling my hair out thinking how bad I was back then at podcasts. And honestly, I'm going to watch this back when I'm at episode 500, pulling my hair out if I still have it, thinking he had no idea how to do a fucking podcast. Now, I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Be good to your mum. And don't forget, Christmas is quickly coming up. So if you haven't bought your mum a present yet, do exactly that. And mum, this doesn't mean that I'm buying you a present because you and I both know I'm broke as fuck. Okay? I love you. That's all I've got to say. Enjoy the rest of your day because I'm fucking out. Yo!